Hype Network presents. The views and opinions expressed in the Pisada Tales are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of the people, institutions, or organizations that they may or may not be associated with professionally or personally unless explicitly stated. Any content provided by the host and guests are of their own knowledge and opinion and do not intend to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. Through education, you can also better yourselves in other ways. You learn how to learn, how to think critically and find solutions to unexpected challenges. Education also teaches you the value of discipline. You can learn how to be a better human being. Welcome to another episode of the Pisara Tales. It's just me, Miss Bea slash Miss Pobs slash whatever alias I'm going by today. But I am joined by our special guest for today, the Queen herself. <laughs> Back from the dead, joke lang. So the Queen herself, Miss Reina Valmores, the chairperson of Baghari. Hi, Ray. Hello, Bea. Long time no see. Kumusta na? <laughs> I know it's been four, four or five years. Um, a lot of things have happened in those years. Pero mahalaga, we're still here. Um, and we're still pushing for positive change wherever we are. It's so important. Actually, so a little background. So we met in college. We were both doing very different things. And we were on a very different career trajectory. But I think what we bonded over was our desire to change things. So in our own little ways. So as the chairperson of Baghari, what have you been like up to? Like, what do you do usually in case our listeners aren't familiar? Yeah, so Baghari, Dubai, it's the Filipino word for rainbow. So it's an organization, a national organization, actually, that advocates for the rights of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and in general, you know, equality in the Philippines, whatever realm that is. So one of the things that we're pushing for, um, example, would be the Soji Equality Bill or the Sexual Orientation, Gender Identity, and Gender Expression Equality Bill, um, which would push for um, uh, protections for all of us, all Filipinos, actually, against discrimination on the basis of our sexual orientation gender identity and gender expression for Soji. Um, we also, you know, beyond um, legislative things, um, we also engage other institutions such as the Commission on Human Rights um, because it's mandated to pursue and really assert that LGBT rights are human rights, um, including the rights of LGBT students, LGBT teachers. In fact, uh, a big part of our membership comes from students. Right? It's, it's no secret that a lot of us in our age and younger, yeah. um, we really want change to happen, especially with regards to the culture we have at school. So it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that a lot of your members are students. So I don't think any of my students, not that I know of, are part of your organization. But then how do you think that having an organization like this helps students? It's very important. Because uh, oh, personally, Bea, uh, I grew up, I was very introverted. Um, there was a point ago. when I was in, <laughs> a long time ago. 
When I was in grade one, I used to be very afraid of even reciting in class. Because I would be so anxious that I'm gay or whatever. For everyone, but uh, I'm a transgender woman. Um, so that means um, I was assigned male at birth, but then I transitioned into a woman. Um, I, I was always very afraid of being caught, uh, being outed. Uh, but eventually, when I grew older, um, throughout my education, and eventually when I joined Bahaghari, um, I saw that there could be so many people like me um, having that sense of community and also seeing that, you know, we don't just exist, we don't just come together. We're not afraid to say that we want change to happen. And to see, you know, all of the people from the Hagpari before me when I was still starting out, um, it was a huge uh, thing at the back of my head seeing, you know, LGBT person, lesbians, for example, because uh, the, the previous chairperson of Hagpari was actually a proud lesbian woman. She's also a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, it made a mark on me. Because it, it was the complete way of really showing that LGBT persons can be leaders. Um, we're so used when we say leader, the Ang parating iniisip. Some guy who's macho, authority. I know, exactly. And we never really stop to think that, you know, that gay kid who is very effeminate and you know, very flamboyant can be a leader. Um, that girl who is courageous enough to ask another girl out to the school dance can be a leader, right? So really having that kind of community through an organization is very important, especially um, for kids who are only still developing and seeing um, what social relationships are possible. I think it's it's good that you're including kids because when, when we were kids, I don't think that things were, I don't think that organizations like this were as visible. Of course, they existed since forever they existed. But then when we were kids, I feel like the world that we were in as children, so as students, it was exceedingly homophobic, as in even us. So even us kids that we had an inkling that maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm different. But then you were also throwing around like very like, not necessarily homophobic, but very heteronormative and very like hurtful things, I think were very normalized at that time. Yeah. And kids these days are more sensitive. So even the straight kids are also more sensitive. That's what I noticed with my students. So what do you think is like, what do you think has changed for the students these days that they have a different uh, world from us? Okay, um, it's, it definitely has a lot of factors. Um, Firstly, I, I want to point to what you were saying earlier, that this was the culture that we had, especially before. It's been so normalized that um, if, um, for example, a gay kid was being very feminine, talaga talagasha. And they would be isolated, they would not have a lot of friends. Um, to be frank, that culture also exists now. Yeah, uh, but what is different? It's, um, you know, from then to now, in just a short amount of time, actually. Um, 
though many LGBT activists and advocates have been visible um, in the last decade, um, and in the last decade, we've also seen how um, you know LGBT persons in different fields started becoming visible, achieving things, excelling um, at their own professions or in their own field. And at the same time, you know, um, the thing I mentioned about LGBT activists existing, there's constant noise. Um, there's constant, you know, people saying homophobia is bad, you know, and um, hating on people, discriminating against people just because of who they are, who they love is bad. Um, what I what I saw personally is, you know, when when some of some of my fellow students from my generation or our generation, we would just accept it. Okay, there's a haircut policy. It's gonna yes. make me cry, pero that's the thing. That's the way things are. But now, having all of those figures before us, you know, having kids see those figures existing and fighting. And saying, I want to express myself authentically. I've seen so many cases of students, young students everywhere across the Philippines pushing back. Um, and it's really, you know, as I was saying, the culture is the same. But now people are fighting back actively, especially young people, students. Um, they know what they have to gain and they know what they deserve. And I, I, I do think that's something really admirable about the youth today. It's actually young LGBT persons that are at the forefront of pushing for change, especially in our schools, in our universities against repressive policies. I, I like that you, in, you mentioned the haircut policy. So I recently in our school, so the past couple of weeks, the past couple of months, so it's, we're only in the first term, the teachers have been lenient, but we got an advisory from the higher ups. They were like, "Please start enforcing the haircut policy again." Tapos pagpasok ng mga boys, they were like, they were all laughing at each other because you know how the haircut <laughs> looks. You know how it makes us all. Look. I know <laughs> <laughs> the haircut policy. So we, I had to enforce it. And as a as a non-binary person. I, was, I always choose my words very carefully. So I also teach biology and I also choose my words carefully about, for example, your assigned gender or your assigned sex at birth. It can be different from your lived um, gender. So your performed gender. So I tried to explain that to my students. And I had this problem of trying to explain why, like how could I, without being a hypocrite, explain that boys, you have to do this haircut. You have to follow this haircut policy. <laughs> And then they're like, but yung girls, pwedeng kahit ano, yung isa, brown yung buhok niya, yung isa, my bangs, yung isa, wala. And then, and then I had this one student in my class, so while I was, I was really struggling, I was like sweating, trying to explain this. And this one student, this boy who muttered, was like, sana naging girl na lang ako. And <laughs> so I was just like, I, I hope he unpacks that and thinks about that a little bit. Yeah. So maybe he came to some realization. And it's, it's something about, uniforms so school uniforms you live in it as a student it's it's what you wear most of your life you wear it more often than any of your other clothes when you're a student and you were talking about visibility and it's the first thing you see so it's the first thing you see when you walk into school it's the first thing you see on your friends the school uniform and lately I've been seeing 
a bunch of posts of trans kids being allowed to wear like a gender affirming, so the correct school uniform for their identity. What can you say about that change? Yeah, so I, I want to start off by saying uh, we actually have an existing memo from the Department of Education that um, supposedly enshrines students' rights and their protection to be able to express themselves or who they are according to their gender identity. Um, but it's a different thing to have this kind of memo, right, from having that implemented in schools, because it's no secret that we have a lot of um, schools that have, you know, strict haircut policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, you know, we have all of these students, transgender students, really young people, um, and their schools affirm their right to self-expression. Um, it's not only in keeping with existing uh, policies we have from the Department of Education. It's, you know, at the basic level, it's just and it's, you know, a show of patience and empathy. It doesn't take a lot to see how traumatic it is for a young kid. Let's say um, that kid, she is transgender. And I can say this as well, based on my own experience, yeah. how traumatic it is to be forced um, to wear uniforms that are not in line with who you are, to cut your hair. Sometimes it can be a very emotional thing. It has yes. been for me. Um, so if anything, I would implore all of our schools today, you know, um, I think it is a very important part in the development of any child. To see that, you know, school is supposed to be our second home. Our teachers are supposed to be our second parents. And no one else should understand us more and be more welcoming and be more of a sanctuary to us than school. You should be happy to go to school because I can be whoever I want to be and I can learn. Um, And a big part of that is really giving children the chance to express themselves for who they are. I wish I had that opportunity, but I also see, and, you know, I do not lament any of it so long as I see that today things are changing um, for many other kids. And I wish um, even more schools and even more institutions um, really go out and say, we're going to protect our kids. That's, that's such a lovely sentiment, especially that, you know, that's like very anti-trolley problem. So just because we suffered as people who were forced to wear uniforms that did not align with who we were, we don't want that to happen to the kids now. We want the kids now to live their lives to the fullest and be as happy as possible. And I think that every school, unless it's run by a supervillain, I think every school at the heart of it wants their kids to be happy. And the problem is, is that most schools, so we are in a predominantly Catholic country. So most schools are also Catholic in, so even if they're not a parochial school, that means like, even if they're not tied to a church mismo, most schools will follow that the Catholic ideologies and the Catholic teachings. And that's the nagkakambangaan. So between their desire to allow the students to self-express I have a co-teacher who once said that these days, parang 
sumasobra yung self-expression nila. And then, so my other co-teacher said, ano yung sobra na self-expression? What's our limit? <laughs> ano yung sakto lang na self-expression? It's expression. There's no measuring it. But then, with our with schools, so um, I think I've mentioned this before, I teach at a Catholic school. So we're a very liberal Catholic school. So we are open to people of all expressions of gender and sexuality. So even among our faculty, we have lots of, we have the whole rainbow among our faculty and they're accepted, they're loved and they're treasured as members of the school. But at the same time, we have to uphold certain things that are in line with supposedly Catholic teachings, such as the haircut rule that we've had to enforce on the, well, all of those who are assigned male at birth. So what can you say about that that clash between our very Christian or Catholic schooling system here in the Philippines and the desire to you know, protect our children and allow them to express themselves? Right. That's a very important point, actually, because it's true. All of our teachers, at their very core, um, they want students to be happy. But also, there's this thing you were mentioning, the clash, right? Um, what I've experienced and what I've seen, and the many times that, for example, we were speaking in Congress, trying to push mm-hmm. for um, anti-discrimination policies. Um, it's true, there are plenty of members of the church who would say, you know, sobra na yan, hindi tama yan. But there are also plenty of church persons and religious persons who would go out and say, you know, there's nothing wrong with this. And in fact, Enriching to para sa atin na um, people are able to express themselves. And I think that's one thing that is not talked about enough. How do you become a good Christian? How do you become a good Catholic when it comes to, you know, the, the expression of kids and their uniforms, their haircut? Because um, it's always portrayed like it's supposed to be the Catholic thing to do. To support yeah. discrimination. <laughs> and I would yeah. beg to disagree. Um, in fact, a lot of our listeners or students and teachers, I'm sure we're familiar with some of the things that are taught in the Bible. Yeah. Um, throughout Jesus' journey, he has really gone out of the way to help people who were being marginalized, people who were being excluded. And it is my firm belief that if Jesus Christ himself were here, he would be the first one to say, we need to respect the members of the LGBT community for who they are. Jesus would have been one of the first people to stand up and say, I am an LGBT activist. I am an LGBT advocate. And so I think, you know, there's really a need to scatter that uh, notion that um, if you're if you're going to be religious, you need to be um, conservative in this regard. Mm-hmm. It's not like that at all. In fact, I would argue to really be holy and to be Christian um, is to be an advocate for equality. So we should we should really do away with that and counteract that with um, a different narrative, you know, and have more people of different faiths come out and say, you know, this is nothing that clashes with our beliefs. If our belief is based on love, right? 
Mm -hmm. So that shouldn't be a problem at all. That's that's what I think on the matter. So very, very deep insights. Thank you for that. But we'll take a quick break and be right back. Again, you're listening to The Pissara Tales with me, Miss Pobs, or Miss Bea, and the Queen, Miss Ray. I like to have a good time when I listen to my horror podcast. Her left arm oh, was chopped so, off. Oh, that's so... Oh my god, really? Caused a panic all over Prolonged the their deaths for like months and the months. The frightening, alarming, real-life tale show is my horror my podcast. My horror podcast. That's Give it. Pause, pause it. Because this is your scary part. Be scared and laugh hard with the frightening, alarming, real-life tales show. Every Friday on all major podcasting platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say I didn't warn you. Hi, my name is Mark Adam and I'm the host of Quantox the Podcast, a podcast show that we can discuss different hot trending topics from love, social media, politics, and many more. May pagkulitan makipagkwentuhan lang dito sa Quantox the Podcast. See you there. Mahilig ka ba sa usapang throwback about your favorite TV shows, movies, and even your favorite life memories? I'm Jim P and I invite you every Saturday to get your glass of wine and join me and my friends as we rewind to the past with a sip of wine only on Rewind, a throwback podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other podcast platforms. See you there! Alright, so we are back with the Pisara Tales with me, Miss Pobs, and Miss Ray. And before we went on the break, we were talking about how there's this perceived clash between Christian or Catholic beliefs and supporting LGBTQ community. And I think what we ended up on is, I think all Catholics know this. So the word Catholic itself, it means universal. It's supposed to be a religion for everybody. That was the original goal of Catholicism, of the thing that Jesus founded. And when we say something's for everybody, it's not our place, I feel, to draw the lines of who's not part of everybody, who doesn't get to be Catholic, and what doesn't, um, what will, what's not allowed when you're following a faith that, as you said, is built on love. And I wanted to um, talk about Outside of the uniform policy and allowing students to self-express, there's also the way that we teach things. So the way that we teach things in school. So I mentioned I'm a biology teacher. So the way we teach things in school, it also follows a very Catholic leaning. So very, um, even biology teachers will be very Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> what, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, that's that's actually a really important point, diba, Bea? Kasi, um, we, the way we teach science, diba? we say science is about truth, about being objective, diba? You say things as they are, basically. That, that, that's what science is. Um, but we also have to recognize that even science, as with any other... Um, institution that we as humans are involved in is also um, not immune um, to our current 
social political context, you know, social political and cultural context. Um, there are plenty of things in science that we try to make sense of. You know, we're just um, beings trying to understand the universe. That's that's the, that's what science is, right? Um, one of the things we do to understand things better is to put things in boxes, right? And we say, this one has this kind of genitalia, they must be male. This one has that kind of genitalia, they must be female. Um, and, you know, even throughout the history of science, it must be said, um, before we had all of these um, developments, not just in biology, but also in other social sciences, would you believe people used to think that people of other races, for example, um, people from Africa, people like us who are Asians, we were considered to be under uh, under evolved. Yes. So that that's a symptom of have we, we, the term we use is white supremacy. Yeah. The belief that you know certain kinds of people, certain races are more um, evolutionarily advanced. <laughs> um, it seemed scientific at the time. But Actually, now that, we was know the, that. that was the inventor of the scientific name. So see, that was Carl von Linn who came up with that idea. Right. That, so he arranged all of the races. So he arranged the groups of animals and plants. So that was good. That was fine. But he also arranged the races. And I always tell my students this because they always get so shocked. So he arranged the races in a hierarchical order. So he said, us whites were the best. And then I think that oh us Asians are even below the Africans in his were even lower than the Africans on his weird ladder. So that was, science, right. was the peak of science at the time. But now... Right. So science also evolves, right? And even the things that we think we understand now, especially when it comes to biology, are things that we're only just starting to fully understand. Um, I, I, I would go... Because one of the things that's really touched on here is... What does it mean to be male? Yeah. What does it mean to be female? Why why should we consider transgender women as women if Mm-mm. they have this kind of genitalia? They have X and Y chromosomes. Yeah. Um. But this is something we learned in school. Mm-hmm. That supposedly, um, males have an XY chromos- XY set of chromosomes, and females have an XX set of chromosomes. First of all, you know, just a very. <laughs> quick biology lesson here. Yeah. Um, this is where our degrees are useful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who do not fall under that category. Did you know there are people with XXY set of chromosomes and some people have XYY, several other combinations. There are people with just one X and no pair for that X chromosome. Um, we call them intersex. So if we just go by the belief, Oh, there's just man and woman. We we know that's not scientifically true at all. The the very existence of intersex people, you know, shatters that old preconceived notion. Now you can also argue, oh, pero sige sabihin na natin, it's something rare. But the point is, if it's X Y, it's still male. If it's X X, it's still female. Mm-hmm. Well, um. We now have a lot of discoveries going around 
um, there has actually been a case of a person. So she's a woman. She grew up her whole life as a woman. Um, but she actually had an XY set of chromosomes. It seems so... And it turns out that her, her body does not respond to uh, testosterone. So what happened? She really developed as a woman. She even gave birth. So uh, the point really is that even you know at the bottom line, the level of genes, the level of yeah. chromosomes, these are not what define who we are. The things you start out with and the things you eventually become, um, those are very different things. And I think we as humans, we've as you know, intellectual beings and beings with empathy, um, we've gone way past um, ultra simplified boxes that define who we are. Um, we know now that you know beyond um, the genes that we have, there are many genders that exist. Um, I'm very happy to be speaking to uh, a proud non-binary teacher. Yeah. Um, and I am a transgender woman myself. Um, this is not just about, you know, an, an ideology being pushed down people's throats. This is about reality. Um, this is about a change in culture, contrary to the old and tired and harmful one that we, we've grown up with. I think it's like our, our main theme here seems to be moving forward from the the damage or the trauma that we received right. from a very harsh world that to think that we were in high school only like around 10 years ago. And as a teacher now, I see that high schoolers, they, you know, they're still the same, still the same drama, still the same mess, but the way that they deal, especially with issues of Soji in, in my school, at least, especially with senior high school students. So you Mulatna, very old <laughs> students, is that there's a zero tolerance policy for for like homophobia for any kind of discrimination so even if it comes to like skin tone so I, that's something that's amazing for me so in our time the like they would make fun of our classmates who are have darker complexions but now it's like it's zero tolerance among the kids which i really love to see and what happens actually is that sometimes when there are more I would say conservative teachers. Um, <laughs> you can see that the kids are muttering among themselves, like the type na sila sa group chat, and I'm just like, you have to, you have to understand the teacher. You have to, you have to try to understand where they're coming from. Like you can't antagonize them. But then it's nice to see them take stands against not the person necessarily, but discrimination. And a lot of the kids, I think, support the. Um, and the kids vocally support things like the Soji bill and any changes to the structure that surrounds them, so the institutions around them. And But then the thing is, the decision is not with them. They're still minors. They're not yet the ones in power. And what can you say about, like, what message could you give to those who are in power regarding the sentiment of the kids that they can't express as they're not the ones in charge? Right. So first of all, you know, to the people in power, um, it's really important for all of us to be reminded 
we're way past the age of, you know, kings and queens when, you know, people were just vested power automatically. Um, let's all be clear. All of the people in power right now are there because we put them there. Right? Um, the, the very basis of their power um, is the fact that the power rests on the people, on all of us who decide to place them in such a position. And so it is their responsibility to look towards the needs and the demands of those people who put them there. And that includes um, people who are frankly suffering because of the culture we have, the members of the LGBT community, um, LGBT students in schools who because of the lack of proactive um, implementation of policies, um, grow up traumatized, for lack of a better term, the LGBT workers who, even though they are fully qualified, even though they have the merits for a particular job, they get rejected or they get denied or removed from their job just because mm. of their sanji, the back, yeah. and all the other members of our society. Um, who face discrimination and not any other kind of abuse just because of who they are, the bad. Yeah. Those are also part of the people that put, you know, powerful people where they are and they should listen to us. And in fact, we're not demanding too much. Equality is never too much. Having a Philippines where all of us are granted equal opportunity regardless of um, who we love and who we are. And that's never something that's too much to ask. In fact, that should be the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. Now, I would say um, to all of the students now, especially the LGBT kids, um, it is true that it feels as though we couldn't do anything, we couldn't achieve anything because we're just young, we're just minors. And it is true that there are plenty of restrictions because of our age. But I think we are never too young to speak out and we are never too young to take a stance. I would applaud how in the school that they is and we have children who have that sense of justice yeah. now they would say there's something really wrong if you uh, try to hurt someone just because of their skin color or just because of um, what kind of clothes they want to wear to express themselves um, I think that that culture among us speaking out against the injustices that we see I would urge you to continue um, to speak out and continue to embody that courage because it takes courage, I would tell you. Um, and I would know because so many of us back then, we didn't feel that we had that capacity to speak out. So, you know, I, I also want to let you know to the young people today, you also inspire me. You, you also inspire Ms. Bea, Ms. Bea, right? Um, yeah. They make you feel real pride. It's true pride, right. just pure pride. Right. When you see exactly. the young people doing the things that I feel we were afraid to do when we were their age. 
So exactly. I can admit that now. I was very afraid to break the norms or to be anything other than what people expected of me or to even look right. different from what people expected. But the kids doing it now, it really, it makes me so proud to be a part of their lives, kahit papaano, because I know this person and this person is doing great things. And that's exactly. how I feel about you, actually, when I see the work that you do. I feel honored to be a part of your life, kahit papaano, and to see that this person that I know, that I respect, and that I love is doing great things. And I think that's what all of us educators also want for our students. Exactly. That's really beautifully said. So, you know, just really remembering all of us have a right to make our thoughts be heard, make our opinions be heard, especially if it pertains to fighting for equality. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ray. Is there anything you would like to promote? Any upcoming events or anything else that you would like to promote? Any socials? Right. Uh, actually, in less than two weeks' time, it would be the anniversary of Bahaghari, October 11. Um, in that week, we would actually be filing um, in this Congress um, an improved version of the SOGI Equality Bill. In fact, we would be terming it the SOGI SC Equality Bill. So apart from sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, um, we're also pushing so that sexual characteristics um, become recognized, articulated, and protected in our legislation, in our laws. So stay tuned. We'll, be, we'll keep you posted. Also, you can follow us on our socials at Bahaghari underscore PH on Twitter, Bahaghari LGBT on Facebook, and Bahaghari.fills on Instagram. All right. Thank you again, Ray, for joining us today. And again, this was Miss Pobs. And as always, I am wishing you a wonderful day. For more local podcasts, check out more shows from Pilipinas Indie Podcast and Entertainment Network.